Sensi Star Jones here with the Keep It Loud Crew podcast. Join us as we stream live St. John's Episcopal Church USVI, third Sunday of Advent, here on the Keep It Loud Crew podcast. And do remember, each and every Sunday, you can listen to the St. John's Episcopal Church live stream from the U.S. Virgin Islands, brought to you by the Keep It Loud Crew. Thank you, and join us. Welcome to St. John's Episcopal Church Hour. We are pleased that you have tuned into our broadcast and invite you to listen each Sunday at this time to worship with us. We are located at number 27 King Street, Christiansted, St. Croix. Please call us at 340-778-8221 or email us at stjecstx at vipowernet.net. You can also hear this broadcast at our Facebook page at St. John's Episcopal Church, VI. We trust that today's service will be a blessing to you. Arise, O Jerusalem, stand upon the height and look toward the east, and see your children gathered from west and east at the word of the Holy One. Please stand. Let us pray. O God, most high and most near, you send glad tidings to the holy. You hide not your face from the poor. Those who dwell in darkness, you call into light. Take away our blindness, remove the harness of our heart, and form us into a humble people, that at the advent of your Son, we may recognize him in our midst and find joy in his saving presence. We ask this through him whose coming is certain, whose dear draws near, your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. For those of you at home, we invite you to enjoy this act of worship as we welcome you from St. John's Episcopal Church in the Diocese of the Virgin Islands. And we thank you for joining us on our Facebook page today, the third Sunday of Advent, where the readings are for Advent 3B. And today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Mrs. Janet Mofford in thanksgiving to Almighty God as she celebrates another birthday, seeking God's continued blessings for good health, wealth, and prosperity. Also for her son, Clifford, and those serving on the Theodore Roosevelt Naval Ship as they set sail for the deep waters. We pray God's continued protection on Clifford and all his mates. Our act of worship will now continue as we sing the Introit hymn, number 59, verses one to three, Sorry, verses 1 to 4, before the lighting of the, the third Advent candle. Trilling voices, song. 
now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Our Lord says, Surely I come quickly. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We bless you, eternal Father, giver of all good things. For you have drawn us away from darkness of sin and led us toward the light of Christ. Grant us to purify ourselves as he is pure and to be found like him when we see him again, Christ our King. We now continue with verse 5. God, let our mouth proclaim your praise. And your glory all the day long. Our King and Savior now draws near. Oh, come and adore him. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Start your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercies speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, you gave your servant Lucy boldness to confess the name of our Savior Jesus Christ before the rulers of this world, and courage to die for this faith. Grant that we may always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in us, and to suffer gladly for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the ministry of the Word. A reading from the Word of God, written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 to 4 and 8 through 11. The Spirit of the Lord is God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, <clears throat> to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings, good, brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causing what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The psalm for today is Psalm 126, found in the Book of Common Prayer, page 782. Please remember when you read to pause at the asterisk. 
when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, then were we like those who dream. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses of the Negev. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, shouldering their sheaves. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And now sing, lift every voice and sing verse 7, I mean, song number 7, I want to be ready. from the Word of God, written in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, 19 to 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I want to be ready. Ready. I want to be ready. Walking in Jerusalem, just like John. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Walk in Jerusalem just like John. Who are you? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. 
your word of the prophets, your word made flesh in your son, Jesus Christ. And even as John is questioned as to his identity, may we today be able to identify with you as our Lord and Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Some thoughts from John chapter 1 and verse 19. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? I recently looked at the unveiling of a statue for the Senator, the Reverend Dr. Wesley Winfield Hall. He was a, a fierce opening border for the West Indies cricket team back in probably the 50s, 60s, and very early, late 50s to the early 70s. And he recalled when he was playing at one point in Australia. And you know, because of they were white and we were black, they wanted to intimidate the team. And one of them asked, who do you think you are? Now, Wes Hall was a fierce fast bowler. Now, you know baseball. Most of you may be more familiar with baseball. And uh, when it, in, in cricket, when the ball hits the, the turf, it takes off more speed. And so sometimes it could be skid through. And you know, nowadays, the batsmen have helmets. Back in those days, there were no helmets. And apparently, when the ball, the ball, and the batsman probably had to duck or, or got struck. And then the next ball, he got out. He said, that is who I am. In John's Gospel, the reading we heard today, John was saying, and he came as a witness to testify to the light. And that light was Jesus. So that all might believe through him. See, John tested the waters to make straight the light of God which lives in Christ and as a result in us. And John told the Jews who were questioning him that he was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. He was not the light, but he came to point out the light. It is like having an interim who is supposed to put in place infrastructure for the next person to continue. We are the same. We point to the greatest light in the world, Jesus the Christ. Yes, he is that great and glorious beacon that guides us on our way. It's like a, a lighthouse that warns the ship that they're coming close to ground. Jesus is that North Star who guides us in our night lights. He is our lamp who guides our feet so that we don't stumble and will fall on the pathways of life. John the Baptist and everyone else, they knew that Jesus was that great example. And so today, we are encouraged to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we are told that we would do well. And so from our reading today, we are questioned as to who we really are. Amidst the pandemic, who really are we? If we were asked what is our purpose, what would our response be? You see, almost every professional development setting in recent times always ask the question. And you always know that it is coming, even though your life story is right before those persons who are questioning. Who are you? Yes, living in a world in which the depth of capitalist logic and technology has imbued our very lives with the potential for commodity and celebrity, the answer to this question can always be flattened to an assign, a scene name, or something on the, on the web, a web presence. 
where we are expected to be on display in unprecedented ways. Identity is mitigated through scenes that either draw us intimately near to or push us distortedly further from some sense of authenticity, some sense of truth. As a priest, certain things are expected. But when one moves out of the box that was created, all hell breaks loose. Like John, I am called to lead others to the light, the true light that enlightens everyone that was coming into the world. And we are going to find out that Jesus was and is the true light that beckons for people in the world to follow him. As we move around our island, even though after the hurricane some lights were restored, there are some areas that are still very dark. But because of a few more lights at Christmas, the place has, you know, is a bit more glow. Yes, there are thousands of other lights beckoning for the human race to follow. But only Christ is the true light. That true beacon, that true radiant who guides our life. Yes, that light is in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. And so in the gospel reading that we heard today, we will repeatedly hear the world did not know Christ and did not follow him. In other words, the world did not and still do not follow the light of God in Christ. Jesus came to what was his own, and his people did not accept it. John's gospel lays out the basic tragedy in Jesus' life. His own people did not follow him. On the other hand, but we who know him, we who follow him, we are called to, to be like him, to guide others to him who is that light of our life. You see, John the Baptist is anything but what we would say mainstream. But ironically enough, his asceticism makes a remarkably compelling branding case. I recently completed a course of, of study and awaiting certification in January. And what I recently learned, I'm so sorry that I, like myself and others who are in the class, we are so sorry that we did not know about this type of um, knowledge some say 20 years, 30 years ago. And most of us were of the opinion that if we had that knowledge, our ministry today would be different. Now we hear that John the Baptist wore camel hair. I am not wearing camel hair this morning, nor is my attire an avant-garde fashion statement. John the Baptist ate locusts and wild honey. I really don't think that I'd be able to survive on locusts and wild honey. But when we critically understand, examine John's gospel, John is deeply connected to the following he creates. His persona meets the main criteria for building a platform for today and beyond. His messaging is clear and consistent. He stays in the area that he's sure about. He speaks with singular authority and palpable authenticity. John had created a particular brand. He tapped into his own potential, and he knew this. I will speak a bit more to that in January. In John's testimony, the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? In John's version of the story, the Jews are always in opposition to Jesus. And they are the enemy of Christ in this gospel. And, and they are the ones who plotted for his death and killed him. And yet, there is something that, is, that isn't quite legible as we read this text. 
And so again, again, John is asked who he is. And you know, when you, you, people ask who you are, you, you, they want to find out more about you, they give you a questionnaire and they ask you to check off boxes. John checked the correct boxes. He presents a challenge to those who were questioning him. And he, so he started to ruffle the feathers and it attracted attention from those more inclined to function than to really pay attention to his message. Are we checking off the correct boxes this morning as we are questioned as to who we are? And like John, we are called to remain steadfast despite the undertone of critique. Despite being likened to a genealogy of greatness, John maintains his commitment to the power of God and to the manifesting his message through the work of transformation and liberation. John is marked by his raw authenticity and deep humility. He isn't interested in clout or accolades or affirmation from a, a particular system that existed, committed to anything other than freedom. His voice speaks of love of community and of kinship, of accountability and invitation to join in the revolution he knows is to come and that has already started. In the history of Western civilization, prejudice against the Jews can be traced all the way back to the Gospel of John. Martin Luther appreciated the Gospel of John more than any other Gospel. And it seems that, and they're talking about Martin Luther, the theologian, and it seems that Martin's anti-Jewish prejudice and his rhetoric finds its root in the Gospel of John. And without knowing it, we can use the Bible to reinforce our cultural prejudices against a particular group. As we read this gospel, we are sure to find philosophical categories as long speeches and complex thoughts in John's gospel. But we must remember, when he was also writing to an audience that included Jewish people who understood Jewish traditions and customs, we today, as we study God's word, and as I used to um, keep reminding those who attended Bible study, in order to understand the context in which perhaps John was writing, we must place ourselves 2,000 years ago to, to be able to grapple with how a particular community existed. And so when they asked John the question, John, as I said to you last week, remember John came up in, in a particular community, in a particular lifestyle. And so we know 2,000 years ago, when this question is posed to us, who are you? Do we hear our friends and relatives asking us that question? What is your association with Jesus? Like John, we are called to be bold, to confess, and not to deny, but confess. I am not the Messiah. And John the Baptist pointed out that he was just the one to pave the way. The Messiah who was among them would come and do greater things than he. In essence, John the Baptist was saying, like, like well, Saul, I am only the opening bowler. I am just here to take the shine off the new ball. I am just here to pave the way for the master blaster to perform. I can remember some years ago, probably like 30 years ago, I was really heavily involved into music and stuff like that. And I can remember there was a show, and um, in preparation for the show, a standing was sent. 
And this person rehearsed with the band. And I mean, the guy sounded just like the person that you would probably hear on the records. But he was not the real thing. Until the day after, the person who was really going to sing turned up on the stage to perform. Today, we are called to be that standing. When we are asked who, who are we? Our response should be that we are here to guide you, to lead you to that light. Because we are not the light. We are to guide others to the light. You know, at this time of the year, some persons start to make New Year resolutions. I have also. I've recently made some decisions and as a result of new and fresh knowledge, I am already in trouble. Perhaps the accounting of a new Christian year might be best marked as the energy to act and again pursue who it is we are called to be. To give an accounting of ourselves, of the things we say, the resources we have, the people we value, and the love we seek to live by. Are our voices crying out in the villages of these Virgin Islands? Are we laying the, round, the groundwork that prepares the way for something bigger than personal gain? Are we individually and collectively resisting the temptation to be so bound by the market that our baptisms, our death and resurrection of Christ have been lost to forgetfulness? Do we find ourselves listening to the prophets in our midst? Or are we situated with the perfected message, image we see in our everyday living, whether on, on, on the computers or wherever? And are we not hearing like the prophet Isaiah say to us this morning, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. You see, the Jews at that time were expecting the Messiah to come, Elijah to return, and the prophet on name to return. The belief that Elijah will come immediately before the Messiah is derived from Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. I will send you a prophet. And it goes on to read, he will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents, so that I will not come and strike the hand with their curse. What questions are we asking John the Baptist today regarding his identity? What questions are we asking Jesus today? What is going to be our response when we are asked? Who are you? Are you going to be able to say that we are those who are crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way, as the prophet Isaiah said? The gospel text for today is asking us to prepare for the second coming of Christ into our lives and into our hearts as well. Understand me well. Not what we will celebrate on December 25th. But yes, you see, John the Baptist is speaking loud and clear to us today and telling us to prepare for the second coming of Christ. The only way we can do that is to make our hearts open and to be receptive 
And then I, I don't, I, I always like to sing this song at this time of the year. Come into my life. You know that song, right? By Jimmy Cliff. Come into my life. Come into my life. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Who are you? What do you say about yourself? Perhaps these are questions that only can be answered if we consider Christ's own. Who do you say I am? And these questions can be answered in our preparation for the advent of our King. As we prepare ourselves to welcome the Word made flesh in our lives. Amen. Please stand. And knowing who we are, let us now affirm our faith in the Apostles' Creed. And for those of you at home, it can be found on page 120, or perhaps you may be able to see it on your screen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. The Lord be with you. Let us pray as you are comfortable. You can, could I don't kneel or sit. Together, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. In our prayers this morning, Holy God, you have spoken through your prophets and called us to make straight the way of the Lord. Visit us with your grace and to cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations as we pray. God has done great things for us, and we are glad indeed. O God of peace, you have called your people to rejoice always and to pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances. Sanctify your church and her members, that our spirit and soul and body may be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has done great things for us. Almighty God, you love justice and hate wrongdoing. Guide our leaders in all authority, that we may bring good news to the oppressed, Bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, repair the ruined cities, and cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. But God has done great things for us. Compassionate God, look upon the needs of the world, especially at this time of the 
pandemic, the COVID-19 coronavirus. Proclaim your year of your favor and clothe your children with the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness. For God has done great things for us. Gracious God, be among us in this community that we may be a people whom you have sanctified to testify to the light and become oaks of righteousness. For God has done great things for us. We pray to God this morning for hear our gratitude as we offer our thanksgiving, especially we pray for the concerns of this community, the social, the economic, the spiritual concerns. We pray, Lord God, to receive our prayers for whom we pray in intercession, especially today as we continue to pray for Canon John and Reverend Kathia, Hollis Chris. Corrine, Bernard and Monica, Sister Sreka, Young Azazia, Victor and John and Cyril, Sandra, Pablo and Janet, Janice, Joanne, little baby Kiran, Phyllis, Christopher, Ruth, Albert, Dorothy, and David Christian. And all who call upon the church at this time for prayer, that their weakness may be banished and their strength restored, and that they have been renewed, they may bless your holiness. We pray this through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. In the Anakin cycle of prayer, today we pray for the Falkland Islands, the Right Reverend Timothy Thornton, Bishop to the Forces, and the Bishop to the Falkland Islands. In the World Cycle of Prayer, we pray for the people of Slovakia. In the Ecumenical Cycle of Prayer, we pray for the members of the Interstate and Foreign Landmark Missionary Baptist Association. And we pray, God, this morning to comfort all who mourn, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. As we remember before you those who have died, especially as we remember Carmen Carnegie, and may she rest in peace. For God has done great things for us. So loving God, your Advent people look expectantly for the coming of Christ. And as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, nurture our prayers and the thoughts of our hearts, that we may receive with joy the goodness of your strength and live in power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let us at this time say our mission statement. As disciples of God, we at St. John's Episcopal Church are called to restore all people in unity through Christ, embracing justice, peace, and love. As now as we confess our sins, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not enough. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us now confess our sins against God and our neighbor. that we have sinned against you 
opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in our lives, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Please stand. Sisters and brothers, knowing who we are, let us share the peace with each other. The peace and love of God be always with you. O oh Lord our God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. Our offertory hymn number 76 on Jordan's bank, the Baptist cry. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the angelic hope. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Please be seated. A special welcome to all our visitors this morning. 
and especially for those of you who are viewing us on, on, on the web, on our Facebook page, or any form of media. And we hope that, trust that today's worship has indeed been a blessing to you. We also invite you to join us on Wednesday for noonday prayer at 12.10 p.m. in the St. Mary Chapel, and once again on our Facebook page, St. John's Episcopal Church, VA. And join us next Sunday, December the 20th, the fourth Sunday of Advent. The readings are for, will be for Advent 4B. And uh, the order will change up a little bit next Sunday as we sing a couple of verses of some carols and read some of the scripture in between. Um, I know that at Christmas, uh, people are not really in the mood and they find during that week is Christmas. So we just do things a little different on next Sunday. As we give God thanks and praise for having spared our lives. And not once again reminding them those the convention, that convention has been the Arsenal Convention has been postponed to April in twenty twenty one. The vestry will meet on Tuesday, December the fifteenth at five PM. And there are some very important issues and concerns that must be addressed. And also yesterday, um, I received my email that was sent to all clergy and senior wardens um, that at the end of services, it seems as if people are still gathering in, in, in church and stuff like that. And um, we are encouraged that as soon as the church is fin service is finished, that we are encouraged to leave and not to gather in the church, per se. You gather outside, that's your, your personal thing, but they ask you not to gather in, remain gathering in the church. So, during this, uh, so that people will get out quickly as possible, at the end of the service for control, we open the other door so that people go down the step, or if you just feel comfortable, just head back out through the other, the other door. Like I said, next Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas, we're asking persons to come and to help clean the church next weekend. And if you want to contribute to Flourish, you could call the office on, on Tuesday. The office is open from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then again from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And if you want to continue to contribute to the financial support of the church, you can do it that by, for those of you who are listening and, and now want to come up to worship, we still accept your tithes and offerings and your gifts. You can mail them to St. John's Episcopal Church, P.O. Box 486, Christian Side VI, 00821. Yeah. Let us now bow our heads for the Advent blessing. And your response after each petition is Amen. You believe that you are the Son of God once came to us. You look for him to come again. May his coming bring you the light of his holiness and free you with his blessing. May God make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and untiring in love all the days of your life. You rejoice that our Redeemer came to live with us as man, when he comes again in glory, may he reward us with everlasting life. And may Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest, remain, and abide on you and your loved ones today and always. Our recessional hymn, number 539, O Zion haste, thy mission high fulfilling. Oh uh -huh. 
into the world, rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Do have a blessed day and enjoy your week. Thank you for listening to the St. John's Episcopal Church Hour. Every Sunday, we get together for worship at 8.30 a.m. Our church is located at number 27 King Street, Christian Set, St. Croix. Come visit with us. We welcome you to our services. For more information, call us at 340-778-8221 or email us at stjecstx at vipowernet.net. You can also hear this broadcast at our Facebook page at St. John's Episcopal Church, VI. Have a blessed day. Welcome to St. John's Episcopal Church in the Diocese of the Virgin Islands. We are on the big island of, of St. Croix in the beautiful uh, Paradise Islands of the Virgin Islands. Today, I encourage you to join us at 8.30 a.m. Um, please come on board and, and join us. We'll um, uh, keep it cloud crew as they um, expand our ministry at St. John's um, to, to the a little wider community uh, throughout the world. So we are on on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. and then on Wednesdays at 12.10 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. And we encourage you to, to join us um, in serving in the community, not only for St. Croix, but throughout the world.